Burn that rubber like I'm Michelin Five star food that I dish to them Chef's that gone when I whip into the kitchen And I switch suits like I'm Mr. Ben Ten ten give a shift up to fifth Blues in the rear and I'm swerving the mains like Tokyo Drift Took a shot, but he missed Then made love to the grain and kissed the girl Bust the word, I dodge your case So I flip the bird, grab the bing Get back to work and I'm switching lanes And I black out hurt I'll hurt him One thing's for sure and two things for certain Money gets made in the packs I'm serving And mess with a cake and I bet I'm a burger Welcome back to the Wobble Fragadu podcast. It's been a long time, but it feels good to be back. I am your host, Ulujimi, joined today by Mr. Francis. Yo, yo. <laughs> this nigga needs to be more prepared. <laughs> and the man who loves to introduce himself. You already know. Oh, wow. It's been a long time, like you said. El Maestro, to those who know me. Papi Chulo, to a few. <laughs> Dr. Raman, back in the house like I never left. Author of multiple number one selling books. New York best selling <laughs> books, that is. Album coming out pretty fucking soon. It's summertime, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Three chains. Three chains. <laughs> Three chains. <laughs> How's everyone doing? It's been a long time. Francis, I'll start with you. How, how, how are you? How are you doing? I've been good, man. You know, trying to. Um, yo, I don't fucking know, man. But yeah, I've been, I've been good. <laughs> I've, been, I've been good. We took a. a I, I don't even know if it was a, if it was a break, but um, United was getting to. To some of us is uh, mental health, so the break was needed. It was necessary. Um, but no, we're back. We're back to give give the fans what they need for the for the summer. We're here for the summer. Summer. In the, in the words of Marshall Lynch, take care of your temp of your mentors. Alain Wadru, Doctor yeah, Raman. to go fuck himself, man. <laughs> wow. He's talking about Marshall, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you yeah, know what? What's even better than good? Shit, great. I've been great. I've been great. Fuck that shit. <laughs> My mentals are tip top. Man's best shape of your life. Best shape of my life. You already know, like, I actually feel like I missed the name in that intro. I did. I did. Don't worry, don't worry. It happens. It happens to. It happens to the best of us, man. Like, and it's know? not John Wick. I know you all. I know you all have seen the new movie. Thank you for all the messages. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the damage. because every fucking thing I predicted came true. Huh? Oh huh? God! Did it? Great. Not did great. it though. Not even one. Not even one came through. This this fucking nigga predicted. Titles and titles. Yo, let's never let's not unpack a year right now, because you, you, yo, I've I've never seen I've never seen a walking fraud like some you. people were panicking. You know, I always say follow who no road. <laughs> some people were panicking when the chaos hit. They needed to be held. Nigga, remember when I rocked you like a baby? Pause. Yeah. I held you the storm. I predicted all of this shit, man. You're welcome. You're if welcome. 
it's easy yeah, well, to just op- open your hold mouth on. and yand dust. Hold on. You're welcome <laughs> too. You're welcome <laughs> too. You're welcome too. <laughs> name, okay, name, name one prediction that was right. Just one. I said we'd make Champions League. I said we'd win a trophy. I said ETH would be that nigga. I told you change would come. Did I not? Huh? <laughs> Aha. <laughs> Silence. That's what I thought. Uh, anyways, but some people um, still have their doubts. I have a new <laughs> set of um, predictions that I'm going to place on your heart today. You know, yo, do you know the image of the guy, this guy of uh, Maestro I have now? That guy that even posting a group that that did his teeth, that his teeth is like so huge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Only one nigga on this call is Z Horn, and it ain't me. Yeah. That's that's the image I have, and I think I think that's the image we're going to use for oh for this episode, because niggas just niggas buy cartiers, they get a car, they get a camera, they do their teeth, and then they just they feel like they're motivational. Yo, yo, honestly, like where, wherever they get every all these niggas get those veneers from, it's like it's just the one size. They don't have any like. No, 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 no. I think this guy did. I think you know when you're buying like outfits or shoes for kids, where you think it's their leg is still going to grow, or their foot is still going to grow. I don't know if this guy thought like his mouth was going to grow some shit because I don't know how you can pick one size up in teeth. You can't. There's no unless it's El Maestro that ordered it for you and says, "Oh, don't worry, it'll fit. It'll fit. I promise you." It'll fit. Uh, my strudels. They're my strudels. Uh, now, this nigga, yeah. this nigga can't close his mouth and he looks like he's always smiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, since the last time we had a podcast, a lot of things have happened. A lot of predictions have come through from my show. Some oh. didn't. Um, Man City had a treble. Uh, the season ended. We lost in the um, FA Cup Finals. We also finished third above Newcastle. That looks shaky uh, there towards the end of, of the season. And all this <laughs> happened prior to El Maestro's uh, predictions, right? <laughs> Never in doubt. call did not think we would make Champions League. In Man fact, if I say some people, there are only three of us. So you can figure out who the others are. And I said plural others. You know, some, we, people we, think, some people said Liverpool was going to finish fourth. Wow. <laughs> some people said Pep will never win Champions League. That's silly. He's won Champions League twice already. Yes, the, some said he was Ooh, never going to win it with Man City. Some called <laughs> Pep a fraud. Some even went as far as saying ETH is better than Pep. Pep. <laughs> You don't need to say some people for that now. Say it with your chest. Yeah. Because you seem to be a defender of everybody but your own team. You used to say... You seem to love everybody else but yours. I love you, though. You're mine. Yo. Niggas again. There's no room enough for one of those puns and it's been used up already. Anything else? My nigga, sweet, you're sweet, nigga, sweet. <laughs> ah, lollipop. 
You're my lollipop. Lollipop. I forgot about you. No one of these guys is getting a little, you know, salty with me. You know? Hey, <laughs> sweet. Don't be savory, man. Come on. What's wrong with you? Uh, anyways, we finished the season with 75 points. I can't remember how many points we had last season. With a goal difference of 15. Oof. That goal difference was crazy. I think the closest person with that, the closest team with that kind of goal difference is um, um, Aston Villa, who finished seventh, and their goal difference was fifth. Hmm. Um, I don't think we were anywhere close to anybody in the top five or six in terms of goal difference, except for, I think, Brighton. Brighton finished sixth and they were 19. So that we had a very horrible goal difference this season. But overall, how would you guys rate the season, though? Like... If you were to grade this season, would you give it an A? Would you give it a, a B or a C? And you guys can add your pluses and minuses to the end of each letter if you want to. But uh, I'll start with El Maestro. You, you know, you got all the you energy know, today. Because I think everybody knows how I feel. Like, you guys can guess how I... Okay, I'll start. Tell us how you feel. Uh, no, no, I'll start, start, start. Because okay, mine is don't, the most obvious. I think you guys are the ones that are a little ambiguous. We don't, we don't need to start, like, passing the ball around. I'll, I'll start, like, yeah, like, I think it was a decent season. Like, I, and I'll be honest, it was very shaky towards the end. I think we went through a phase where we didn't win. I think we didn't win, like, four games in a row or something like that. And then, did we ever actually drop out of the top four? I think we went to fifth at some point. Is that true? I can't yeah, remember correctly. A couple, of day, a couple of days, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh... Yeah, so like I would say, like we had our best performances before the World Cup, is what my opinion is. I think everything started going downhill after the World Cup. Um, granted, there were a couple of injuries there in between. You had Casemiro missing like eight games in a season, which again, self-inflicted wounds, and it felt like Casemiro after his last um, stint um, being away. Um, he's been he was shaky towards the end of the season. I don't know what happened to him, but like he felt like he was afraid to make tackles. And then even towards the last few games towards the end of the season, when he was actually making tackles, they were just reckless tackles, is what it like to me. I feel like he could have called it on that, that record at some point towards the end of the season. Uh-huh. But anyways, that's in that year or there. So that happened, and then I think there were injury to Martinez and Varane, which meant like you know, we had uh Licky Fawcett in Maguire in a few games and we had the combination of of um, what's his name Lindelof and Shaw actually one of the most impressive players for me this season is Shaw in center back mm. um he makes less mistakes for some reason maybe that's uh, in center back than he does when he's playing like is is uh, is yeah right back so i don't know if that's something we can look at in the future but I feel like he's a little bit more solid as a centre-back than a right-back. Although one thing we would miss from him going to centre-back is the fact that he doesn't get to bump forward and create those chances, I guess, crosses. Uh, we were mm-hmm. also terrible in terms of our conversion rate. So um, it wasn't like we in creating chances. We just don't know how to score goals. And I think this is something that we've had an issue with for the last couple of years. Um, I don't think having the likes of Vegas coming in January helped that matter. And then you also have your number one striker in Mashia who cannot play like <laughs> more than two games in a row without getting injured. I think the last couple of games of the season, I don't think he actually played a full 90-minute game. In, or, um, do I have that wrong? Uh, but, I don't think so. Yeah. But all in all, like, it's ETH's first season. We finished third. I would give it... <sighs> What's my grade? 
I'll give I'll give it I'll give it a a B plus. He won a trophy, which is good. It's a good start, and then we just kind of like pitted out in the rest of the competitions. Um, I remember we were very very we're feeling high after the Carling Cup win. Like we thought we would be on to <laughs> good and better things, and to me, I just feel like like I said, the season has been going in a downward tra- trajectory since the. the since the players came back from the World Cup. Um, yeah, that's my assessment, B+. And those are my reasons why I gave him a B+. Francis? Um, I guess from a, an overall performance perspective, I don't think B+, is, um, is, uh, is unfair. I think it's a, it's a fair rating. Um, I think you have to think back to where we came from and uh, where we got to. Uh, again, the famous saying, you know, the first two games where we lost and uh, how ETH had to pick the players up and then get through the phase of, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, too. yeah the, that's, yeah. Exactly. Like the whole drama behind that. Um, Anthony Marshall not being available, always having to play makeshift with uh, Rashford as a striker for a few games or Bruno Fernandes playing false nine, you know, all that inconsistency going, going um, in, in the attacking third. And then, you know, factoring in the, the World Cup um, and then the players coming back. And then we had a, a, a very good phase, I think, right after World Cup of where we were playing very, very well. And winning almost every game. I think we beat beat a lot of the top teams at that point in time. And then I think come January, February, we lost some really key players. We lost Ericsson. Um, you know, we had to fight for uh, Vegas. We got in Sabita. Um, I think we lost Casemiro to some red to some red card in a couple games. Um, Anthony was injured as well. Uh, Rashford pulled maybe one or two games. You know, Marshall, I think Marshall, I can remember how much time he was injured and how much time he played. <laughs> That's just, you know, Marshall is himself. And then Varane in defense, you know, how key that was. So if you put all that into perspective, oh, and Sancho as well, when Sancho went on Exa. Um, if you put all that into perspective, I think with the with what ETH had to work with, I think he he achieved uh, quite a lot. Um, but then one thing that we forget is we went as far in um, in every competition, actually. Uh, I think apart from the Europa League where we got knocked out in the quarterfinal, which kind of felt like we got knocked out in the semifinal because we played one extra game against Barcelona. So we had a lot of games. You know, we had a lot of games. We were progressing our play um, up until February, March, where... You could tell physically these players were were getting um, drained. So I'm sure in training sessions they weren't really doing much of training. It was more recovery and trying to prepare for the next game. So I think on that aspect it was it was tough, and you could tell that our pattern of play, our style was you know going down. We were more sitting back and trying to counter, which wasn't really effective anymore, um, considering the fact that we had you know, um, players out injured and whatnot. Then the huge elephant in the room, De Gea, who was possessed um, 
every other game. So that was another huge thing to always deal with because the the mental um, incom um, I guess inconvenience that brings to the team is something that you just cannot prepare for because the guy is always going to play and we don't have any backup, right? So I think if you, if you sum all of that together, I think it was a good season um, based on all the factors I had mentioned. Um, and considering the fact that it was ETH's first season trying to um, blend in his style, know the players and then know what to do going forward. Um, so yeah, I think B plus is a, is a good rating. Um, but me, I, I think I will I'll stick with A minus in this case, um, just considering all the factors that we had and then what we were able to achieve with that. We finished third May Champions League. Um, we won a trophy with uh, in the Canning Cup. We finished, we got knocked out in the, set, in the quarterfinals and then we went to the finals of the FA Cup. So all in all, you know, it was pretty, pretty slim. We could have won an extra title there, but we didn't. Um, and I, yeah, I think it was a very, very good first season. So I'd say uh, A minus. Again, we also lost Martinez in like April or end of March or something like that. So that was another huge blow to to the team. But um, you could tell that ETH has, uh, he kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, again, I'm still going to, wait till the second season before I can fully judge him based on his talent ID and um, implementing the style of play. Because, you know, on one hand, I'm thinking you know, we lost our way in a way because of the number of games we played and we didn't have time to train. Um, but next season, taking all these past in, um, experiences into consideration, I would like to see an improvement in what we did from last season. So I would wait to rate him um, based on this coming season. But yeah, uh, overall, I, I think I'll, I'll stick with an A-. minus. El Maestro? First of all, I appreciate the fact that I hear myself and, and my friend over here. You know, I had to drum in some of this information into him as he was panicking throughout the season. So it's so good to hear some of these points I've been trying to push through finally. You know, get through that that skull of his. It's so it's so rewarding. Um, mm. On my end, <laughs> on my no, end, no, no, I, 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 I rated ETH before he was. No, I don't. Before I just he was, say, I didn't. I, I, didn't I don't need no second season syndrome. I didn't. I rate the man now. I rated him at the start of the season. I rate him now. Already, you guys already know how I feel about. No, no, no. But, but, uh, Master, I wanted to say that I didn't disagree with most of the things you said. Right. I just had my own reservations, and that's why I will wait till the second season for some of that. But based on the first season, what he had, what he had to deal with, and the outcome of that, I'm rating it under A minus. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, I, I, I feel like. You know, Jimmy, if I had to ask you, I'm guessing you'd be surprised at the rating that our boy just gave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. fact that he rated the season better than you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I said, I was interested in hearing. For me, I, I'm going to say A, which was, you know, <laughs> a level above. <laughs> it was better than good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> can you just keep <laughs> your <can> you <laughs> I'm going to go with A. You know, I think uh, a lot of the things that Francis mentioned, but some of the things that we didn't even mention, like Ronaldo, 
right? Like, you almost forget, like, Ronaldo was almost like a dream that didn't happen, like a different season. And you think about the fact that ETH has not had a period in time in his United career where he's been settled. He came into chaos. He came into a team that was not ready, that was going through change. Because, again, if you if you guys remember, Ed Woodward left, Richard Arnold was coming into his position. They had hired a bunch of new people. Uh, they had promoted John Murta. So there was a lot of chaos in the back room. He came into that. And then you you couple that with the Ronaldo saga that he was going through. Um, you know, I think he dealt with that. And even now, when I look at now, obviously we know that, you know, there's a, there's a change potentially going on. Um, so I think it's it's one of those things where when I look at, you know, just the stability that United has offered, he's the only thing that has actually made sense in the last season. We've gone from, you know, the change in manager to the change in staff to the season. And now after the season, you're saying, okay, let's let him be able to actually plan. He's been here for a year, but he can't even do that. Because, you know, you don't know what your budget is. You don't know who owns the team. You don't know what players you can sign. You know, um, breaking news, by the way. Well, this is not official breaking news. You heard it here first. And, you know, this is something that the What Would Fergie Do podcast is going to start doing a little bit more. Of Of course, we have our sources. Oh, well, I have my sources as a maestro. Uh, David De Gea is not going to resign with United. You know? So... You know, there's a lot of turmoil that's going on in the team right now to where I look at his performance through the season. I think we already mentioned a bunch of things. Ronaldo not being there, so not having a recognized striker for the first half of the season. Because even when Ronaldo played, he wasn't, he was cast by the friendly ghost or the unfriendly ghost because, you know, it was causing all kinds of turmoil. And so you couple that, the pressure that, like, that interview that he did with Pierce, like, again, some of those things we almost just forget, like, first-year manager trying to make changes, you have a legend of, like, the highest status in the game coming out with those kind of, you know, that kind of interview, then you have the second part of the season where we have people like Vegas in our team, like you said, Martinez gets injured, um, Harry Maguire has to come back into the team. So even, like, the management of of the players, like people like Harry Maguire, how he managed him through the season where he kept him as captain but didn't play him. Like, I think a lot of us were looking for Harry to be transitioned out of his starting role in the team. And he was able to successfully do that without marginalizing him completely. You know, managing Fred and Scott McTominay because he still knew he needed them. We also lost Ericsson. And when he came back, he was never the same player. We lost Casemiro for a while. When he came back, you know, after the long suspensions, he wasn't quite the same player as well. So, you know, managing Rashford through a whole season, there were so many things for me that I look at it and I just think he did an amazing job. Yes, the style of play wasn't consistent. Uh, we struggled to score goals, but it's like, who could we count on? We lost Anthony at some point. Um, and, and so it's just like, he, we played 60-something games, or I think it was like 60-something games in the season. You know, that was the most of any team in Europe. So, again, I just think all things considered with the kind of squad that we had, the paperweight that we had in, in the team, 
you know, you look at Wambasaka now, by the end of the season, you're saying, okay, Wambasaka is looking like somebody that we want to keep. So I think players have gotten better. Even Sancho, he needs to show us a lot more in the third season. But I think towards the end of the season, I saw a little bit of improvement there where I think, okay, with a little more competition, with the second season, with whatever mental issues he's dealing with, hopefully in the rearview mirror, we need to see a better second season from him. And where I agree with Francis is that we need to see ruthlessness from ETH. But again, he can only be so ruthless because he, you still need to keep the players on board until you don't need them. But you can't say, okay, Harry Maguire, fuck off, if you don't know that you're going to get Kim or some other, like, defender, right? You can't tell Marshall, get out. You can't tell Scott, get out. You can't tell Fred, get out. So he still has to even manage these guys until he gets someone new. We're going for Mason Mount. I don't think Mason Mount is like, we're just going for him because he's going to be free next year. I think ETH actually wants him. Because at the end of the season, when ETH was talking, he said, I don't have a plan A or B. I just have a plan. You know, I don't have a plan A or B, depending on if we have new owners or not. I just have a plan. So I think with whatever money that we have available to us, he has a list. He provides his list to the team, uh, to the management, and now it's time for them to go and execute. And depending on what they do, it also has to factor into the way that we judge him for next season. I think if you give him enough money where we can get a striker, two midfielders, maybe a central defender, for sure a goalkeeper or two, because now the hair is leaving. Uh, I think it really affects what the outlook for us next season, right? So I, I don't know that I would use the season results and all that stuff to judge him if we are still in turmoil at the start of the second season. But for me, a where Where I would actually... I agree with you there is that, yes, um, I think ETH has actually been handicapped by the incompetence of the United management, right? Because, like you said, you can't tell Harry Maguire to fuck off if everybody that we're being linked to is being bought by other clubs because, you know, we're, we're in limbo in terms of ownership. Um, even when we had, like, ownership, like, settled, like, we weren't the best at, like, getting players if that makes sense. We, for some reason, we wait to the end of the transfer window and then we end up overpaying for somebody and then which affects the budget for the next transfer window. You get what I'm trying to say, right? So we don't usually get our business done on time, which is, again, for some, for a first-time coach, I think that's something that you need to to do. Um, again, uh, Anthony, I feel like Anthony improved towards the end of the season, but that's somebody that I feel like you could have gotten like into the squad earlier in the season. Let ETH walk with him a little bit better. Cause I felt like he progressed over the end of the season. He was it was still annoying as fuck. <laughs> but you could see like you could see a progress in in terms of his gameplay. And you talked about Wambisaka too as well. So I'll give ETH that. Like I'm not disputing that ETH is a good coach, but I feel like there's also a few games during the season where we're like scratching our heads about his substitutions, right? And I don't know if that's because of the kind of players he had or, or I don't know exactly. I don't even know why he, yeah. Why the substitutions were made. So that's one of the reasons why I gave him a B plus. Cause like, I feel like, yes, he still has a few things to do better. Like in terms of like, you know, knowing the kind of subs to bring in and knowing when to kill a game off. Right. And knowing when not to. So I feel like those are, again, those are growing pains and he will learn hopefully from the next season. He is who you say he is. He's going to get better next season with a 
with his um, crop of players. Um, my only thing with this team is that I don't know what we're going to do with the fact that the ownership situation has been limbo. I don't know if anyone has had any news or anything recent about. I know there's been bids made, but nobody knows. The stock prices went up about 35%, but I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the stock price has been shooting up, but obviously, like, no announcement has been made. And I think if you give it a few more days, there might be panic that starts setting in where some people want to start taking out their profits. Yeah. Yeah, like it went down today, for example. It didn't go down by much, it went down by 5%, but it's gone up 23% in the last five days. And that was over 30% yesterday, but obviously, like, it's going down now because it, nothing has been announced. Um, actually, after I was trading, it's even back up. So it, <laughs> it, it closed at a lower price today, but it's already made most of those most of those gains, or some of those gains, let me not say most, in uh, after I was trading right now. So... Yeah, nobody nobody really knows what's going on. Again, we we are hearing from our sources that um, Qatar might be the winner of the bid, but you know, who who's to say what's going to happen? I think the Glazers have done a phenomenal job of wasting everybody's fucking time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I actually this was a prediction that I had made based on my um, sources. You know, was that we would have it by the end of April, I believe. Uh, that's obviously <laughs> not the case anymore. And now wow! I thought so, I thought you got every prediction correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as, as as at least at the fact that we were going to sell, I don't think everybody was, you know, sure that we were going to sell. The timing, obviously, a little bit. I, well, I we I don't know. I, Francis, are you sure that we're going to sell? <laughs> Vivid imagination. <laughs> I get what you mean, but I don't think anyone can say for sure we're going to sell. Like, yes, if I set their bids, but that's about it. Accepting bid doesn't necessarily mean you want, you're you going to sell at the end of the day. But, but we'll see what happens. Hello? Is Larry on me? Maybe right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, other than that, do you guys want to talk about, you know, some of the players that were being linked to? The likes of Kane. I hear Madrid is coming for Kane. Uh, uh, I wonder if Madrid can pull it off. I, I, I think they have to also look at Mbappe, right? Yeah. PSG is saying they want to sell. Mbappe is saying, I'm happy to be here. I want to stay. Mbappe, who can, man. Who can play like, the PR game better? Mbappe, yo, he's, he's got good PR people around him. He knows what he's Mbappe doing. Mbappe learned, he went to the school of Ronaldo. You remember when Ronaldo <laughs> would, like, every season will come out and say, in Madrid, I'm not happy, certain things, I don't want to talk about them, but you know, we'll see that type of thing. I think this is what Mbappe has not had a summer in the last three years where he was not part of the new cycle. Whether it was he was signing a new contract, whether it was that he was leaving, he's always in the new cycle. And this year, even when I, I suspected this guy, he came out early and said, I just want to announce that I'm going to be in PSG next season. I thought, oh, you know, but he did this like at the end of the season, like well, around the time Messi announced that he was going to be leaving PSG. So I thought, okay, yeah, thankfully it'll be a quiet summer. And then he sends PSG in a letter to let them know that that option that I have, I'm not going to be taking it. So this is my last season, essentially. You know, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know that Hurricane, I think Hurricane is going to stay in Tottenham. 
I think the only way he leaves is if he pushes to leave. I think if he doesn't leave this season, it's going to show a lack of ambition. And I would be worried about taking him next season, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, ne- yeah, next season will be like a year. Yeah. Because if he stays with Tottenham, then he's going to have to do too much again in Tottenham, which means he's going to have more aware. Because if he comes to United, he's not going to, well, at, he's going to be a talisman, but he's not necessarily going to have to carry the team, if does that make sense? Like, yeah. uh, like he has to do in Tottenham, right? So, uh, again, if he doesn't leave this season, then you're right. Like, I, I kind of agree with you there. Let like, me ask you guys a question. Would you rather take him now or next season as a free agent? Knowing that yeah. Tottenham is going to ask for a hundred million, so I'll take him rather... now. Again, I'll take him now because do you want to go through another season of um, Martial? <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I imagine that right now we need two strikers, right? We need mm-hmm. at least two strikers. So yeah, you need to make one and a backup. Yeah, yeah, and and so even if you don't sign Harry Kane, you are still signing someone else. Yeah, right. but do you want that someone else to go through the entire season if you're sending him as a backup? But do we know how much money we have to spend? Yeah, right? and again, that's that's another, that's why I started off with that saying, you know, the fact that the ownership situation is in limbo is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating because these, these guys, they've milked this club dry and they're still kind of doing it now, even when they're ready to sell. <laughs> So I don't know. But anyways, um, the next on my list is Caicedo to Chelsea. Francis, what are your thoughts there? Chelsea, I don't first of all, can I just get something off my chest with Chelsea? Like it's like Chelsea, Giselle, they wait for other people to again, it's very smart. I'm not just I'm just saying this because I'm bitter. <laughs> they wait for other people to do scouting work and then they're like, Oh, you want this guy? This guy is good. Let me let me let me go and get him. Cause that they did that yeah. to 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 Arsenal. Well, but Caicedo is not I think everybody's looking at Caicedo, right? That's I, no, I'm not even saying this about Casado. I'm just saying, like, the way they've done the way it feels like they've done that business since the new ownership oh. has been there is that they just wait for people to to do the yeah. work and then they swoop in at the last minute. Yeah. Um, but my thoughts on Caicedo, um, I think he'd be a, a decent, a great, very good buy for Chelsea. I think Chelsea, they just lost Kante to Saudi. and they might lose, um, what's his name. They might lose Kovacic as to, well to City. To yeah. City, so they need they need bodies in midfield. They they might lose fucking Mason Mounts to United, so they do need bodies in midfield. And if you get Casado, yo, that's that's more than a body, man. That's that's bodies. You know, he's um I think he has a very high ceiling. He's young. He has experience. He's hungry, like hungry. This guy was making eight k. Um. Well, just about a year ago, and now how much like, does he make now? I know they they sign it in a new contract. Is it yeah, maybe 20K? like twenty? So yeah, twenty twenty or twenty seven yeah. or something like that. You know, it's probably the most sought after um, midfielder, midfielder in, in in the world right now, apart from the um, Declan Rice. So no, I think it'd be a good buy, good buy for Chelsea. Um, I'd like to see how he fits in with uh, um, Enzo Fernandez, though. But now nah, Poch might know what he's doing, or maybe he doesn't. We'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, I think another thing I, I I like about him is like if you look towards the end of the season, they actually played him in right. Uh, is it left back? Right back, right back, right back. Yeah, and he actually did good, and he was still bombing forward and all that. So even it kind of reminds me of Kamavinga in that way that he can play those positions, right? Yeah, he's a very and, dynamic player. Yeah. 
And with the with the fact that we have, if we, if we're gonna keep the likes of Wambisaka and uh, what's his name, Dalo, <laughs> and those guys that usually go through like laws in the season, so it'd be nice to have someone who can actually play that role and be very competent in that role. But Declan Rice, I'm not even sure if we're actually being linked to Declan Rice, but it looks like they, we they, are. He's gone to Arsenal, bro. Yeah, it's but it looks gone. like he's just gone to Arsenal, so I don't know if we, should, we can dwell on that. Um, the Kim Ming guy. Looks like Bayern is swooping in last minute. I thought I thought that was an ETH guy from the get go, but again, because uh, we're let's race. ask uh, El Maestro. He has his <laughs> What's he thinking? El Maestro. Yeah, no, I think with him, what it is is that you know United are still trying to figure out if we're going to get rid of Harry Maguire, right? Harry Maguire, like we can't carry five centre backs on the books, and mm. if you notice, a lot of the questions around our defenders were about. Maguire, nobody was asking about Lindelof, even though Lindelof is the one that is the most likely to want to leave, right? Like, he's the one that is most likely to say he wants to leave. And I think Lindelof, too, we might actually have a higher chance of actually selling Lindelof than Maguire. Oh, no, we will definitely be able to sell Lindelof, right? But I don't think he wants Lindelof to leave. I think if he was going to sell anybody, it would be Harry Maguire. And because Harry Maguire makes a lot of money too, he's aside from Varane, he's the highest paid defender on our team, right? So for me, I think if we can get rid of Harry Maguire, it makes it easier. In the like, so Kim was the first choice, I, I believe, but we've also been linked with a pair of uh, French uh, centre backs. I think one plays for Monaco, the other one plays for I think Nice or one of the one of those other. Uh, um, teams so trash i did uh trash is come on come on because it's not kim again I, I told you guys this for me i would love to have kim because you guys say he's good personally i don't trust any of these guys until they actually play in the premier league and i don't know if so if you look at just the idea that he's korean more likely than not a lot of a lot of Koreans will come to the Premier League, specifically United, because of the history of um, of, of players like Park Ji Sung. Like we have a huge following in Korea. If he goes to Bayern, for me, it's like who is he going to bench there? Is he really, you know, much better than those guys? Like he has to prove himself. Who do so, they have in Bayern? Um, what's the name of those those two? Um, come on, what's it? I'm a piano. Yeah. Whatever his name is. They have the elite. <laughs> And then uh, and, Upamecano. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then who else? Is there anyone? Yeah, there are a few other people. I've forgotten who they have, but like some German guys, you know. Uh, you know, Bayern always tax these guys. So I, I, I think there's a chance he goes to Bayern. I, to be honest with you, I won't be like distraught if we don't get him, if I'm being honest. Because again, even if he comes to United, I think he will struggle. Not I say struggle, he will be challenging. Varane for Varane's position. But there's going to be a learning curve for him. Do I think he's going to eventually be a starting centre back? Let me put it this way. Do I think he's going to play over 30 games for us if he comes 100%? How tall is he? Does anyone know? I don't think he's short. I don't remember how tall he is. So he's he's like maybe average height or like average height for a defender anyway. No, I was just thinking like if if he happens to like PSV Martinez, I don't know if that's a good combination of having two short guys in your... Yeah, defense. I don't think I don't in think central defense. Sure. Francis, do, do you do you know? 
Um, no, he's, he's like the same height as Lindelof, maybe maybe a little taller. Okay, but, then that's that's, yeah. that's not bad. Then okay. So I think the preference would obviously be to have him in the team, but at the same time, I can see a situation where, you know, like again, we don't even know how much we have to spend. So let's say, you know, the reports like that we have 150 million. This is an example to spend. That's actually Things nothing, though. Be, huh? That's actually nothing. That's not a lot. So we actually need players to leave. So you can't really just sign him if De Gea is not going to be there. And now you need two goalies instead of one. Do you understand? So that's where me, for me, it's like, even when you see the reports of what Fab is saying, for example, he's saying that he's close to an agreement with Bayern. And that the only thing that can change it is if United come back and make another offer. So we're still there. It's just why are we not like selling players point, though? Our, because it's not that it's not that simple, right? Like you have to go to Harry. Like, are you going to rush Harry and tell him you have to get the fuck out? But yeah, but you we don't have I to mean. start with Harry. There are a lot more players to sell. Like who? Like there's Elanga, there's Scott, there's Fred, there's like. There's I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but what I'm saying is let's see a situation where if the hair doesn't sign now, we have to sign two goalies. Right? So not now really. That, that, we can bring Hendo back. We're not bringing Hendo back. There's but no saying, point in bringing Hendo back because Hendo wants to play. Right? And so Hendo is like one of those people, like like you mentioned, we actually have interest for. Nottingham Forest will sign him. Like, we know we can actually sell Hendo. So I think the smart thing would be just to sell Hendo. And then you need a backup and a starting person. If you notice, we've been linked with Onana pretty aggressively these last few days. I think that's who we're going to end up going for. Although I think Chelsea is going to sneak peek at what we're doing as <laughs> We also want that nigga. You know, so I just think there's a lot of moving parts to where a, a, a team where we have a solid ownership and we know exactly what's going on. The owner says, go and buy Kim. If Maguire doesn't want to stay, we freeze him out. And that's like, that's like if you're Man City, that's what you do, right? Right now, Juan Cancelo is somebody that is not going to get back into the team. It doesn't matter what happens. They are going to say, bro, your agent should go and find somebody that is going to take you and not taking you back. We can't actually do that with Maguire because we don't even have the funds to be able to say fuck you if you don't get if your agent doesn't find your club you're not getting back into this team so again that man management is extremely important like someone like fred i'm hoping that we can get some money for fred like you said elanga some of these guys but you know some of the decisions that have been made it's like do you even know that somebody is going to actually come for them bid for them and the player is going to want to leave Axel has been on the books this whole time. Phil Jones has been on the books this whole time. These are people that we've been trying to get rid of for a while, and they don't want to go. So for me, it's like we came. It's not that we don't want him. It's just like, do we have enough time for things to fall into place for us, for us to be able to make him that offer? Because if Maguire says he doesn't want to leave, then that position is no longer a priority for us. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, And then it's like, okay, maybe we sign a young guy that is not as expensive as Kim that ETH can actually develop and give some game time. You know, that's the way I look at it. So then if Maguire decides that he wants to leave or something, it's like, okay, that guy from Monaco is not 
he's going to be there in a month or two. So we can always go for him if we need to, if we don't, if Maguire decides he wants to stay or he wants to leave. And I think that's some of the moving parts that we are seeing now with the transfers. If it's all like Caicedo, I, I feel like these guys, we would love to be involved in that process. But how much is Brighton going to ask for Caicedo? If they ask for like 80 million, that might be half of our transfer budget. All of a sudden, it's like you can't really do it or you can't really do it now. We've turned to penny, penny pinching club. For now. On a, on a shot that were the biggest in the world. <clears throat> so so open back accounts now. Biggest. And it's time to spend. Yeah, look at the splits. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, Bars. It's time to spend. Yeah, look at the splits. Some of you niggas, you let that go over your head. You're still splitting, eh? Mm. Uh, anyways, um, the last, we'll wrap up with uh, this player and then um, we'll probably have some subsequent pods you know in the summer and talk more about this i'm sure um announcement is going to be imminent whether they sell or don't sell but missing mouths is somebody that i felt like we've been aggressively linked with but now it looks like um i'm hearing that chelsea is asking for 80 million for him someone who has one more year left on his contract i think he went from 40 to 45 or i don't know 50 something to now it's 80 80 million me personally, I don't see what everybody sees in missing out. And that's just my personal preference. But again, I'm not the coach. ETH must know why he wants to buy this player. But me, I don't I don't think I I don't think he excels at anything in, in particular. He's a good again, I'm not saying he's not a good player. If you make it this fire a good player, but I don't see him I don't see him as a I don't know. Like is he is he better than Anthony? Is he better than I don't know? Like I don't see Maybe you guys can enlighten me and let me know what your thoughts on Messi Mount is. But for eighty million who, on some on someone who's, who's you guys, <laughs> you don't you don't rate Messi Mount to Francis. I thought you did. I think we we're having a chat the other day and you were saying, "Oh, he's good." Man, I feel, he's, he's, a, he's a decent player. He's not. He's not a. He is not a first team. Like he's not a priority. And that's my thing. So I, yeah. it feels like we're prioritizing signing him because that's who, like, I feel like we've been linked to like a lot. Besides, I, I, Kim. yeah, I think he's a priority. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. So but... I guess you can, Larry, like, or Francis finish first, and I'll, I'll go to Larry. No, like, I, I don't know. I just think, I think, uh, oh, I said before that there are better players in the market. I don't know. I think he's good at a lot of things, but he's not excellent at them. I don't really know what he's great at. Um, He's, a, he's an upgrade on Ericsson for sure, but a, 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 a lot of people are upgrading. Besides energy. Yeah, I mean, energy is probably one of the most important things in that position, um, as well as vision and control. Um, and I think he has that. But will I go head over else for the guy? Probably not. I think I can save more money and maybe go for someone else. You know, add an extra 30, 40, go for. Um, I said or compete for declarise or something, but yeah, missing mount. This guy gave the I, perfect the perfect explanation of, of what he is. Um Gendeski. He said missing mount is the is a cat who looks in the mirror and sees a lion. And I think <laughs> that's the perfect explanation of who he is. Uh, 
Uh, oh, Maestro, it looks I, like I you, see, you see the vision with him. Like the that we are looking for is more is closer to Mason Mount than it is to Caicedo. Not because we don't need a DM. Again, I think if if we could buy a DM, we would go for a DM, right? But because we have Casemiro, I think ETH is looking at the number eight position and saying this position is actually more important to me. And while I agree that Caicedo is a better overall midfielder, I think Mount is closer to what ETH is looking for in that position. If you remember last season, he wanted to go for Frankie de Jong, right? So he's still looking for somebody in that vein. Now, Mount is not... Would you, would you say Mount's better than Frankie? No, I just said that. Like, Mount is not as good as Frankie. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't hear that. But, okay. but Mount is... Um, Mount offers certain things that I think he's looking for. We are not going to go back for Frankie and spend another summer doing won't he or will he, right? So I'm happy that he prioritized the position. The thing, the sense that I got from ETH, like just hearing him at the end of the season, wasn't that we were going for Mount just because he was going to be a convenient signing. I think there's some of that because, again, the budget that we're working with is what it is. So I don't see United going over a certain amount of money for him because he's already communicated to Chelsea that if it's not now, it will be next season. If he doesn't leave now, he'll live on a free. And Chelsea have to sell, right? Because Chelsea spent a huge amount of money last season. Part of the reason why we are working with the budget that we have is also because of FFP. If you remember, Chelsea signed between the summer and January, they signed a shitload of players. And they were giving them all those seven-year deals saying that, you know, this is a way around FFP. But this summer is going to be tough for them, so they have to sell to buy. Yeah, I think the new rules kick in this summer, right? They've already kicked in. Yeah, so okay. like they have to sell to buy. So that's where it's like, you know, I think Francis talked about this at the point where we're in the group, like try to use their leverage against them. I don't feel like United is going to be unfair with the valuation because I think ETH really wants Mount. And even though you guys say they are better players in the market, I don't know who these better players are in that position. Like, if you think of that profile of player, that position, I'm not talking about just general midfields, like Declan Rice, again, better midfielder, Kaiseido, better midfielder, but those guys are closer to DMs. And I think in the DM position, what you really need... Who plays... Does, does Rice play um, six or eight for West Ham? Six. Oh, okay. Who plays eight yeah. for them? Do we know? Uh, Suchek, what's the guy's name? Or one of them? Ah. That's yeah. interesting. Funny enough, if, if you put those two guys and look at them, you would think Suchek was more of the DM and Rice is more of the, the eight, not knowing how they play. If you just look at those two players, <laughs> yeah. But so I, I just think like Mount for me, I can see what ETH is trying to do again. Ericsson is, is Mount really, like in a lot of ways. You know, I think Ericsson obviously has a better delivery, but not by much, if we're being honest. I think Mount is not somebody that loses the ball a lot. He's not one of these, like, ball maestros like Xavi or Iniesta, where he absolutely never loses the ball. But he's not scared to progress the ball forward. And that's one thing that our current number eight just don't do. And Ericsson has... is Somehow he just looks frail, Especially towards the end of the season, like that pissed yeah, me off. Yeah, he, he, he didn't have legs. Like I didn't, I didn't think Ericsson was what should have started. It's not for energy. Just felt like he kept getting bullied. 
You know, like even that Man City game, the FA Cup final, I just thought... Yeah, he, man, he, he was, he was arguably the worst player on the field on, on that in day. In midfield. So it's like, yeah. I, I remember even Francis saying that he would rather like Scott McTominay play that game than, than Ericsson. And it's like, if you've gotten to that point, you absolutely need somebody else in that position. And for me, Mount has played Premier League football. Yes, there are some other people in Europe that you could take a chance on. But at least you have an idea of what you're going to get with Mount. It's not the flashiest. But if you are building a squad, Mount is the guy that in two years, he's either going to be much better than he was when you got him, or he's going to be a rotational player. He's going to be the Scott McTominay in two years, where there might be somebody else that has now come into the team, whether we bought or we developed, that is better than him, that is starting, and he's getting 30 games a season. But for me, he's part of a squad building. Like, he's an essential part of his squad where as you then add year over year, you can add a new player that's better. We can't buy everybody that we need in one summer, especially if we don't have owners in place and we don't know how much we have available to us. So for me, he's an essential signing. That position of number eight, if you guys can think of anybody else that you would rather us go for, that would be the age, the price, the profile, I'm more than happy to hear it. But I don't think if we got Caicedo, Caicedo would be the profile in that position. I think Caicedo would be competing with uh, Casemiro. And then maybe you can say, okay... I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's a competition. I feel like if, if we get Caicedo, Ca, you know, Casemiro should go to the bench. There's no fucking chance. Okay. Because <laughs> of the struggles at the end of the season. Uh-huh, like, no. How how Casemiro just go to bench? Man, like Because you, you can't play both of them now. Like so if you if would you rather play if you are if you have both of them in the team and for the same position, would you who would you rather play? Casemiro now. I'll play ah, okay. Casemiro. I'd rather yeah. play Casemiro. No. I, I, think at worst I would move Casemiro to eight. And then I can play Caicedo, and then that way I can accommodate both of them in the team. Again, that that was my question was if they were if you only had position both of them would no, play six. No, but the reason why I would do that is because I think Casemiro would be a better number eight than Caicedo. Yeah. No, because I would be saying that like I'm going to bench Casemiro entirely, right? But it's not like you you don't have competition with for Caicedo. For Mount, he said he wants to play for us. He's going to be cheaper. It would afford us to sign some other players as well. So for me, I can just see, I don't, I, I, I think ETH actually, if ETH had his way, he would sign both. He would sign Caicedo, he would sign Mount. But I don't feel like we're going to support him in a way where we give him absolutely everything. And he's again, like we haven't even talked about striker. There's a, you know, we talked about Harry Kane, but we know we're not getting Harry Kane. So who are we now going to go for? There's a guy at Frankfurt that Frankfurt is calling 80 million pounds for. So it's going to be a very tricky summer for us. Like, it's going to be a hard summer to navigate. And for me, again, I go back to ETH and I say, man, this guy has not gotten a break at any point. Like, guys, we played with Val. When I think of Vegas as a striker for us, it just blows my mind that this guy actually played half a season for us and we were still able to make Champions League. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like he's been, he's been, he's, he's been coaching with like one or two hands behind his back. And I'm hoping that the summer works out for us. But, you know, I don't know how optimistic I am about what these guys are going to be capable of doing 
in the transfer market, but we'll see. Yeah, there'll be more time to discuss um, all those in the summer. I think the most important thing is, you know, figuring out what the ownership situation is and then we can move on from there. But it was a good first spot back after a long time. <laughs> I've missed doing this. Um, again, um, thank you for listening. Please give up a, a follow on socials at what we're going to do on Twitter, Instagram, and I think we still have our TikTok. <laughs> it's been a while. We do indeed. <laughs> also, rate and review us. Five stars only. Anything less than five stars. Keep it to yourself. Y'all know the vibes. Bye-bye to here. You will not be missed.